All right. I'm going to say this. I have landed in this particular spot over and over and over and over again. I have preached on this subject many times in my preaching career. And I'm saddened to say that I have to keep learning the same lesson. No matter how many times I face this, it seems that I seem to forget the unchanging principle that I learned the last time. Principles don't change. Amen? For whatever reason, it seems that whatever new mountain that I face, I forget to remind myself that I serve the same God. Amen? The size of the mountain does not determine the power of God. Amen? So today we'll be talking about a familiar subject to me and possibly to you if you're honest with yourself, fear. Title of the sermon is, Whom Shall I Fear? Amen? Whom shall I fear? I'm going to turn to a very familiar portion of Scripture. I'm not going to preach on it, but you know it. We've heard it before. Amen? Matthew 6.25 through 34. Just to get some bearing. Matthew 6.25. I'm going to switch from my favorite King James Version to the English Standard Version just for right now, just so that we kind of get shaken out of our comfort zone a little bit. There's something I want us to see here. Amen. Matthew 6, 25 through 34. The Word of God reads, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. Underline that. About your life. What you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Notice this. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you by being anxious can add a single hour to his span of life. And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. I tell you, yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? O ye of little faith. Therefore do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. He already knows. Amen? But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Amen. Now, truth be told, we know this passage. Amen? 
right? Some of you have heard me preach on it. Some of you had pastors before. Some of you are older than I am and you've heard pastors expound or take these, this passage apart. Amen. Uh, we know it well. We've read it many times. And, you know, we've heard it preached many times. But this time, one statement uh, really stood out for me, and that's in verse 30. And it's just at the very end. It says, O you, or ye, King James, <laughs> of little faith. The truth is, saints, is what I'm recognizing in dealing with fears that we're not just in need of assurance that things will work out. We're specifically in need of faith in God. Amen? But as Tozer would say, and I just kind of want to paraphrase here, if you make your God too small, then your problems will always seem to be too big. I'm going to say that again. If you make your God too small, then your problems will always seem to be too big. And going through life, even as a born-again, heaven-bound Christian, with a too small God, is miserable. Amen? So, let's just have, have a quick look at God right quick. Psalm 93 1 through 5. Psalm 93, 1 through 5. The word of God reads, The Lord reigneth. He is clothed with majesty. The Lord is clothed with strength. Wherewith he hath girded himself. The world is also Established that it cannot be moved. The Lord reigneth, his throne is secure. Amen. He's not just clothed in majesty or putting majestic things on him, he is majestic. Amen. He's not just clothed with strength, he is strength. Amen. Wherewith he hath girded himself, he as a man is preparing to go into battle, he pulls up his garments and is ready. God is ready to fight at any moment. He is prepared for battle. Amen. He's always ready. Amen. The world also established that it cannot be moved. God has never allowed you and I to see a certain level of chaos. Amen? We've never experienced it. As bad as things are right now, as they have, the truth is, is that they have never been allowed to get to a certain level simply because God has made sure that certain things are stable. This planet would be completely turned upside down and inside out if God should decide one day that he would want to take a break from holding everything together. Amen? This is the God that we serve. Verse 2, thy throne is established of old. His throne has been set up from before time began. It's always been there. Amen? And thou art from everlasting. His throne exists now. His authority 
over all things, existed before time began. He's in charge now. He will always be in charge. Amen? Amen. And here we go. Verse 3. The floods have lifted up. Because that's what they do. The floods lift up. The floods have lifted up their voice. The floods lift up their waves. The Lord on high is mightier than the noise of many waters. That's an interesting word. I learned something there. Waters make noise. Storms make noise. God is mightier than the storms. God controls all things. God hears the waters raging and he goes, oh, it's making noise again. <laughs> so what? He's in charge. He's greater. He's bigger. Amen? The floods lift up their voice. They lift up their waves. Not only the noise, but the power of the waves. The power of the waters. I'll never forget being on a cruise ship and looking out on the cruise ship and looking at the water and saying to myself, wow, this ship looked so much bigger when I got on it. But when I look at the sea, I'm like, this is, we are, we are in trouble if we don't have God. <laughs> These waves could take us out in a second. Amen? But verse 4 says that the Lord is on high. He is mightier than the noise of the water. Yay! Than the mighty waves, even the power of the sea. No matter how noisy things get in your life. Amen? No matter how much power is behind the storm, remember this. God is much, much, much bigger. And then this verse here, and we'll return to this topic in just a minute after we kind of get through some things. Verse 5 says, Thou, Thy testimonies are very sure. Interesting. Holiness becometh thine house, O Lord, forever. Don't be shifty when trouble comes. Stand on this precept. God's promises are true. God's word is true. God's word cannot be changed. His promises cannot go away. They are forever lasting. Nothing will happen to his promises. Be very sure of God's truth and be very sure of God's requirement that we remain in the truth and that we live the truth and that we live holy in spite of what we're going through. Don't allow the circumstances to say, you know what, I need to take a little bit of hit of this and a little sip of that and go call so-and-so and do this or do that because I don't know how to cope with what I'm dealing with. The bottom line is that God's promises are true and his church is to remain in the truth and live holy in spite of what we're seeing. Don't succumb to the pressures of life and cause yourself to think, well, maybe I just need a little something. No. Holiness. Holiness becometh thine house, O Lord, forever. Amen. His requirements do not change just because our circumstances change. Amen. We'll touch on that a little bit later. Proverbs 3, 25. I got a lot of scripture for you today. Please write them down because these scriptures 
have helped me during this time of battling fear. Whom shall I fear? Proverbs 3, 25 and 26. The word of God reads, do not, uh, be not rather, afraid of sudden fear. Things sometimes it's like, you know, we were all okay. We were all outside. Walking through buildings with nothing and, you know, no head covering or mask covering or, you know, we, we were just doing our thing, driving, leaning out the car, talking to people at the light, you know, free, you know, not zooming each other to death. <laughs> Everything was cool. And then out of nowhere, suddenly everything shut down. Can't go nowhere. People sneeze. You look at them like. Out of nowhere. It happened suddenly. Right? You know, and then we got variant after variant after variant. It's all good. No, it's not. It's all good. No, it's not. We're coming out of this. No, we're not. It's enough to drive you crazy. And yet, here's the command of God. Be not afraid of sudden fear, sudden change, sudden bad news, you know? Neither of the desolation of the wicked. You start to see folks who ain't doing good, ain't been doing good, ain't up to no good, everybody dropping dead, folks, bad things happen to folks going to jail, you know? There's been more crime and people getting convicted of stuff. It's like, yeah, it's like, whoa. You got sudden fear, sudden change, and everybody going to jail. And, you know, don't fear that stuff when it coming. Verse 26 says, for the Lord shall be thy confidence and shall keep thy foot from being taken. No matter what is happening in your life, your confidence should not be in yourself. Your confidence should not even be in some cure. Your confidence is in God, who will keep your feet from being taken. Bad things can happen all around you, but God will not let your foot slip. He will not let you fall. He will give you hind feet to walk in places that other people just can't. Are you hearing me? Don't have confidence in you. Don't have confidence in what seems to be like, oh, it's going to be a brand new day one day. No. Your confidence is in one place alone. One person alone. God. Amen? All right. Let's look at this from a different angle. Luke 12, 23. Cross-reference scripture. Luke is saying the same thing that Matthew recorded. Luke records it and says it this way. And he said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious, here it is again, about your life. What you will eat, nor about your body, what you will put on. The command here, saints, is to not be anxious, I'm going to be redundant, 
about your life. Stop worrying, Pastor Jamie, and everybody in the church and everybody that's on Facebook about you. Your job in life is not to worry about things that God has already taken care of. Oh, God help us. God takes care of all these things. Edna gave me an illustration one time, and it really blessed my heart. And she said, Pastor Jamie, you experience this all the time. She said, you, what, get up in the morning, you come downstairs. I normally get up before everybody. The kids come down one by one. And they sit at the table, and then they look at me like, Uh, you going to turn that stove on, bro? <laughs> it's time to eat. They don't fret. They don't worry about it. These roommates that I live with expect to be fed. The same, they're going to get up and do the same thing tomorrow. They don't worry about it. They come downstairs, they look at me or their mother and say, hey, we're all here. Let's get it going. Feed us. They go in their closets. They just put stuff on. They have no clue of what I've went through to get those shoes or what I've done to pay for this or what mama had to do to shop for that and the gas to go get it and or to Amazon to bring their gas, because I know we're paying for their gas. <laughs> they don't think about that. I know, because sometimes they just throw stuff on the floor. You know, crumbs fall. People that are worried about their clothing and their food, they don't do stuff like that. They have, they have no care in the world. They expect to put on clothing, they expect to be fed. The body of Christ should be the same way. Our needs, our basic needs, honestly, saints, they've really never been our business. Think about it. God has always been faithful. God has always supplied every need according to his riches and glory. I've never needed anything. We just get up, give God the glory, and our heavenly Father supplies whatever we need. Isn't that the truth? We should not be concerned about these things. Why, Pastor? We know there's a why. There's, there's a why here. Here's the why. Because things that are none of our business can become a distraction. Mm. The Gentiles seek after these things, but not the body of Christ. Okay? People of God have another job. The enemy wants us to be overly concerned about the things that we're not supposed to be concerned about. Things that God has already taken care of. Our real assignment is to be concerned about others. Don't worry about your life. Don't be anxious about your life. 
Actually, I want you to be concerned and thinking about someone else's life. Oh. Our concern is really the spiritual well-being of everyone that we come in contact with. The truth is, is if I'm too focused on me and what I'm going to get and how I'm going to make it and how I'm going to... If that's my whole existence, then it becomes a distraction. Oh, boy. From what I'm really supposed to be concerned about. Amen? Amen. I come in in contact with people every day, and here's the question. This ought to be on our minds. Ooh, I wonder if they're at peace with God. I wonder if they're on their way to heaven or hell. We shooting the breeze. How you doing, Mr. Hawkins? Good to see you, Mr. Johnson. Ooh, it's another day that's gone by. I don't know if they know about the good news. Huh? Not what I'm going to eat today. Not what I'm going to feed myself today. The birds. God says, look at the birds. Have you ever considered the birds? The birds know their assignment. What are we going to do today? We're going to get up. I'm going to flop around. There's going to be some worms because there's always worms. I'm going to feed myself if I need to build a house. There's going to be some sticks and some stuff. What am I going to do? I'm going to flap around and fly around, soar, and I'm going to sing to Jesus because that's what I do. I have never, ever, and th- tell me, think about this. He said, the birds don't go get jobs. The birds are not standing in line waiting for the Biden stimulus check. I was here first. Excuse me. That's not what they do. Birds do what birds are supposed to do. They know their assignment. I'm going to get up, flap around, spread my wings, fly a few places, get a couple of things. I'm going to make some pretty noises. I'm going to sing. That's what we do. They don't worry about those things. The Christians, the believers, every now and then, we have to remind ourselves of how good God is, how faithful God is, how he takes care of the birds. Of course he'll take care of us, right? If he takes care of the birds, he's going to take care of us. I don't know if maybe I'm preaching myself this morning. Verse 23. Don't be anxious about your life. Here we go. For, connection clause, for life is more than food and the body more than clothing. The purpose of your life is not just to feed your face. (laughs) Some people think that. The purpose of your life is just not to find clothing to put on. The church has a higher calling. We must never let our basic needs that God has already taken care of get in the way or become something that makes us fearful and get us off of our main purpose. Why are you still here? Not to worry. 
right? God help me. Since we've been given new life, then we've been given a new purpose, right? To pass on this good news to as many people that will hear us. How do we do that? By giving them the gospel, telling them the good news, pressing the truth upon them to the point to where they would repent of their sins and trust in Jesus Christ. Don't you know that you don't have to stay the same? Don't you know that you can be delivered? Have you heard what happened a long time ago? Do you know where you're headed when you leave here? Do you realize that you don't have to be the same today? Do you realize you can be delivered? Do you realize you can be whole? Do you realize you can be set free? Do you realize that all your sins can be washed away? Do you realize you don't have to carry stuff around anymore. Do you realize that Jesus paid for it all? That's the good news. Have you heard what God has done? Have you seen your sin? Do you recognize that you need him? Amen? That's what we're here for. So life is not about finding bigger closets. Life is not about finding bigger storage barns for the foods and outfits or whatever else we're going to put in there. Living in fear of losing these things. I have to remind myself about this. Amen? Because every now and then, a mountain that was bigger, that's much bigger than the one that I dealt with last year, huh? shows up. And I have to say, whoo, that junk, that sucker's big. This is a big problem. I've never faced this before. This is a big one, Lord. Are you going to come through for me on this one like you did on the last one and the last one and the last one and the last one? That you would think that these things over here would outnumber this one thing over there. But we struggle, don't we? If we're honest, we pray and we ask that the Psalms are full of David going, now hold on. I got some stuff I'm dealing with here. I've been crying to you and I ain't heard nothing. You gonna come through, Lord? How long, Lord? How long? Proverbs. Ah, before I say that. If these things become our primary concern, as I said, they can become a distraction from our primary purpose. And once that happens in a believer's life, then we actually do have a reason to be scared. Because we should not fear the loss of things. But we should fear God. Amen. Have a good day, Grace. We love you. We're supporting you. All right. Proverbs 29, 25. Very quickly. Proverbs 29, 25. Write it down. The word of God reads, The fear of man bringeth a snare, but whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be saved. Some of us fear telling people the truth. Some of us fear, you know, what will happen if I stick my neck out. Right now in America, Christians are being put in some rather interesting 
positions, are we not? Depending on where you stand, you know, you're going to have to deal with some consequences. You're going to be like Jesus in this situation? Okay, this is going to cost you your check, bro. You know? We're dealing with stuff like that. Amen? Amen. But the Word of God says here, the fear of man bringeth the snare. In other words, it puts you in a prison, a trap. Amen? But whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be safe. Give you a few more scriptures here. Matthew 10, 27, 28. Talking about our primary purpose here. Who shall we fear? Real simple, you know this. What I tell you in the darkness, that speak ye in the light. What ye hear in the ear, what I whisper in your ear, that ye preach on the housetops, upon the housetops. Amen? And fear not them which can kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. There is someone to fear. Amen? And that person that we should be fearing is God. Amen? Don't be afraid of people. Don't be afraid of circumstances. Don't be afraid to tell people the truth. Be afraid of facing God without a trail of people behind you because you told them the truth. Be afraid of God and showing up without a trail of people behind you that you told the truth to. That's what you want to be afraid of. I got nothing, God. Really? I have no one, God. Really? You never stuck your neck out for me one time? Now you should be afraid. You feel that? Amen. Whom shall I fear? The answer is God. Amen? 1 Corinthians 9.16. 1 Corinthians 9.16. Yet, preaching the good news is not something I can boast about. I am compelled to do it, uh, by God to do it. How terrible for me if I didn't preach the good news. Paul is saying, God has told me to do this. Amen? The context is like, you know, whether or not he gets paid for it. He's like, I mean, that's not the point. <laughs> he said, listen, this is something that I must do. And it would be terrible for me to put the concern of my well-being, because that's the context, over whether or not I tell you the truth. Whether I preach you the gospel to you. I'm compelled by God to do it. Amen? Amen. Acts 27 and 24. Lots of scriptures this morning. Write them down. Acts 27 and 24. Paul is on the ship. It's going all bad. They enter into a, so a storm. I think it's called, Jamie, right? The Nor'easter? Yeah. And they're getting ready to get into the storm. They, should, they had no business being out there. <laughs> they start throwing over cargo overboard, cutting the, you know, the extra ships, the little, little boats on the side of the ship that, you know, where people can get safety, you know, getting ready to kill prisoners. It's all bad. Paul's the prisoner on the ship. God whispers something into his ear. <laughs> In the midst of his storm, 
He says, saying, fear not, Paul. Thou must be brought before Caesar. And lo, think about this. Marvel at this. God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. Here's the point I want to make. Bad things happen, storms come, it looks like you're not going to make it, it looks like it's going to take you under, you get a bad report, all kinds of things can come to threaten your faith. Amen? All kinds of things can come and, and hit you to where you feel like, oh, this is it. Wheezy. This is it. <laughs> I knew some of y'all would get that. My kids are like, what? This is the end. God tells Paul, I know this looks bad. But let me tell you what. Nobody's going to die. And here's the reason why. Thou must be brought before Caesar. You see that? So if God, I don't care what you're dealing with. If God has promised you something, I don't care what you're dealing with right now. Here's the bottom line. You don't get to leave here until God is through using you. If he has promised you some things, those things are going to come to pass. Amen? If God has promised you no matter how bad your current situations or circumstances are, they cannot take you out of here until you fulfill every assignment that God has for you. You ain't going nowhere until he's through. That's the bottom line. That's the bottom line. He told Paul, listen, don't fear. Why? Because guess what? You got to go preach. <laughs> there it is again. <laughs> there it is again. Joshua 1 9. Almost done. Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of good courage, be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. Underline this. For the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. Whithersoever thou goest. Underline this, and then we're going to do one more. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And here we go again. Lo, stop, think about this, marvel at this point. Marvel about what I'm getting ready to tell you, disciples. Jesus says, I am with you always. even unto the end of the world. Lo, stop, marvel, consider this, calculate this, think about this. I'm getting ready to say something that's going to blow you away. I'm with you. I'm with you. Are you hearing that? I'm with you. Wherever you go, he told Joshua, and he told the disciples, Jesus told the disciples, huh? Even to the end of the earth. I'm with you. Amen? It seems to me, saints, let me give you some more scripture because I want you to write this down. I want us to be armed. Amen? Amen? It seems to me that the greatest weapon, yeah, you could say is courage, it's faith, 
Yeah. Yeah, we can say that. But can I take a little stab at this? I believe in dealing with fear, your greatest weapon is filling yourself up on the love of God. I believe your greatest weapon, oh, ye of little faith, in what? In the situation? In luck? In things working themselves out in the mix? No. Oh, ye of little faith, in who? God. So since we are human and can land in this place often and probably will land in this place again because we are sinful, amen, what's needed is some armor that we put on every day. That's what I'm learning. Don't wait until the challenge of the mountain comes. When the mountain shows up, you should be ready for it. Amen? Every day, put on the armor to shield us from our fearful, too small God dishonoring tendencies. <laughs> uh huh. And build ourselves up on His love. Here's a simple thought if God planned to give His Son for your life, Will he not take care of you? Will he not protect you? Will he not also provide for you? Will he not also make a way out of no way for you? Will he not also bring you peace in the middle of the storm? Will he not, huh, not also adjust your attitude? Will he not also give you the, the, the power and the words to encourage you? Does he, has he already pre-calculated your days of weakness? And provided a way out. Encouragement to come out of the slumps that we can get in. Has he not done that? If he would give his son the very best that he had, would he not also protect us and keep us and provide for us? And, huh? Yes. So what we do, saints, is we fill ourselves up on the love of God. Here we go. Write these down. Romans 8.39. Romans 8.39. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. You see that? Write these down. John 15 and 9. John 15 and 9. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now, what did he tell you? Here's the command. Abide in my love. God loves his son. Jesus loves us. God and the Father are one. Their love is not separated. Amen? Abide in that love. This is how we conquer fear, saints. Amen? 2 Thessalonians 3 and 5. May the Lord... Lead your hearts into a full understanding and expression of the love of God and the patient endurance that comes from Christ. Holy Spirit, teach me how much you love me. Lead me. Help me to understand 
Give me revelation of your love. Amen? Jude 1, 24. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. Amen? We got not only someone who loves us, we got the keeper with us. Amen? Amen. John 14, 21. Here we go. Watch this. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved by my Father. And I will love him and manifest myself to him. Keep your finger there. Remember this one. 1 John 5.18. We know that God's children do not make a practice of sinning. For God's son holds them securely. And the evil one cannot touch them. What are you saying, Pastor? What are those verses saying? The Father reveals himself to those. Remember? Holiness becomes him. Remember? His house is holy. Amen? He's not just reigning and ruling. But the truth is, is that holiness causes you to be in a position to hear the truth from God. And God reveals himself to those who are not living in sin. How do I battle fear? Do what you know is right. So you can hear from on high. So you're in a position to hear the truth. Because one thing that happens when we decide to self-medicate <laughs> or whatever we're trying to do, we're not thinking with the right mind. When we decide to cope with sin and add things that God told us not to add in our lives, what ends up happening is we miss out on revelation. And he said, if you keep my commandments, huh, it's those people that love me. And I tell my secrets to those that love me. Amen? So what we want to do is we want to be in the truth, not only memorizing scripture, we want to live in the truth. We want to live in holiness so we can hear from God. Because I'm not going to get out of this being in the mess. I'm not going to get out of this situation living crazy. What I need is truth. I've got to position myself for the truth. i got to live holy. I haven't heard from you. I don't know what you want me to do. You haven't said anything yet. But one thing we are going to do is we're going to do what we know to do. And what we know to do is to live holy. That's what we're going to do. That way I can hear from on high because he will speak. He will tell you. He will say, listen, I'm not going to change this right now, but what I, what, what I, I'll never leave you no such you. I got your hand. Huh? I got your hand. Are you hearing me? Amen. Precious Lord, <laughs> take my hand. Lead me on. Help me stand. I'm tired, and I'm weak, and I'm worn. Through the storm, and through the, come on, y'all know it. Lead me on, God. But how are you going to get there? You got to remember the truth. Arm yourself with the truth. God loves me. He has not forsaken me. I'm in this storm, but God is much bigger than this storm. It may not look good, but he's got my back. He's holding my hand. He's walking me through this. And I'm going to live holy while I'm waiting on him to come through. And he's going to reveal 
his secrets. He's going to reveal himself to you. Amen? Amen. All right. Last part. Let me know. Don't allow fear to get you off of your main purpose for still being here, right? Don't allow fear to stop you from telling people the truth about Jesus Christ, spreading the gospel, the people you come in contact with, folks you're praying for that they would get saved, huh? huh? Don't allow your concern for your immediate needs to cause you to be so fearful that that becomes the biggest thing that you're concerned about, Right? Don't be afraid of people when you speak. Amen. Be more concerned about what God thinks about your not speaking. Amen. 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 We don't want to show up to heaven, right, without the crowd of people following us, right? Amen. And then here's the other thing. Don't allow the fear to stop you from ministering to God's people. Not just the outward witness outside these doors. Not just the ministry that goes to our wayward cousins. But the ministry that goes to the body of Christ at large. Right? Amen? Don't allow circumstances and fears to cause us not to do what we're called to do for each other. Amen? Last scripture. Galatians 6, 9 and 10. Galatians 6, 9 and 10. Still talking about fear. Galatians 10, 9 and 6. And let us not grow weary of doing good. For in due season, we will reap if we do not give up. Here it is, verse 10. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. I'll just say it like this. We left California, got in our truck bus, filled up everything. The kids are loaded in the car. Two contestants, Paisley and Elijah, are loaded with scripture. Mom has done an incredible job getting them ready. We get down there. We don't know what's going to happen. We drive over 2,000 miles from the Bay Area to Kentucky. I get there in record time. Pray for me. (laughs) We get there. We show up. There's a lot of preparation. The kids have to focus. I don't know how far they're going to go. There are thousands of children. It's a national competition. I don't know what's going to happen. We get there, and they just keep winning. And I'm just blown away. But I'm getting tired. <laughs> because as they keep going, we got to keep doing hair and keep, <laughs> keep, keep ironing clothes. You know how it is. It gets, mama's got to keep pulling folks aside. You remember your scripture? You remember this? Remember this? You know, so Paisley, as you know, gets all the way to second place. And then Elijah, we found out even by his written test, he placed sixth in the whole entire country. So I'm going somewhere. So they keep winning, and then there's award ceremonies. 
And then there's interviews. And then there's a party. And we go to the party. And I'm out there square dancing with Lydia. A bunch of not black people. <laughs> and I'm lifting Lydia up. And I'm having a good time. And I'm enjoying myself. And we go back to the hotel that night. And I feel a little sniffle. <laughs> and I don't say nothing. Getting ready to go. Packing up. Getting ready to go back home. Get in the car, go to the ark, which is a big boat, of, you know, Noah's boat. Go there because the kids want to see that. We say, okay, all right, now we're leaving the ark. We're going to head on back to California. Get in the van. It's late at night. Kids should be worn out. Easy drive for me. I just put on some jazz, and I'm good. Start driving. Get a little far. Craziest thing happens. Pull over to a Waffle House, get a little something to eat, and I can't breathe good. And I'm struggling. And the cold air, I'm coughing like I've never coughed in. And I didn't say anything, but I'm like, we're going to pull over to a hotel. We get to the hotel, we're in Tennessee, right? In Tennessee, we say we're going to go see some friends, just move from California to Tennessee. We get there. Uh, back up. We, wife says we're going to get up in the morning, check out the hotel, go see him. I say, well, you know, I'm not feeling too good because maybe, I should, maybe we should just wave to him. We call these Christians who are friends of ours. Okay? Not great friends. Not people we've known all our lives. Not people we've gone to church with. They're just believers. Okay? You guys can't come all this way and just wave to us. Come on in. Get out. Pastor Hawkins, you're not feeling good? Go up to that room. And looking at my wife. I think he got COVID. <laughs> Don't say nothing to him. I'm thinking the kids, we're going to stay for a little while, a few hours, get back on the road, put on my jazz. Drive again. I wake up the next day. Baby. <laughs> yes, honey. You got COVID. Now, here's my point. That's Tuesday now. We stay all the way from Tuesday in their home, passing this around in somebody else's house. They got a ton of kids. About 17 kids on the farm at that point in time? 16 kids. Another family comes in with their kids. And we're all there while pastor is getting better. A lot of good things happen, but this is my point. They said, listen, we've already had it. We're not afraid of getting it again. But even if we get it again... This is what the dad said. This is good, Jamie. I said, what do you mean, man? We need, we tear up the house. <laughs> Things are coming out. It's bad. No, no. You stay here until you are totally recovered. Because we're not going to pass up this opportunity to do good to the household of faith. 
Are you catching that? The fear had to go because God had provided them with an opportunity to love on their brothers and sisters in Christ. And he was like, we're not passing this by. The wife was like, we're not passing this by. And they just picking up kids and loving on kids. They never caught COVID. They were okay. We had to stay there for the whole time. We were supposed to get back for Thanksgiving. I don't know what they cooked. I don't know what it tastes like. You know, black folks, we do Thanksgiving a certain kind of way. We have certain dishes. They got to bringing out things. I was like, I don't know what that is. Make matters worse. I can't smell it. I can't taste it. <laughs> I believe it was good. I, my kids ate all of it. I guess it was all right. But I'm trying to tell you, the bottom line is this. They made a decision not to let the fear stop them from ministering to each other. What's happening with the church when we can't come to church on one Sunday and you got folks that hardly know the Hawkins and they put us up in their home while we pass around COVID for a whole week? What's the issue? You want to know why the body of Christ does not have the impact that we need to have in this country and we're sitting up there watching things go completely to hell in the toilet? I'll tell you why. We're too worried about ourselves. I'm too concerned about how I'm going to make it and what's going to happen to me for me to do what God's called me to do. And the opportunities are going right past us. Who do we fear? Who shall I fear? I tell you who to fear. God. I'm done. Amen. I will have you know that we are okay. Just so you don't start running for the door. <laughs> Praise the Lord, Pastor. <laughs> We've come through it. We have the antibodies for it now. We got a bunch of stuff shot up in us. We're all right. But we had to go through that. But here's the thing. I want you to think about this. What's stopping us from really ministering to each other? What's stopping us from ministering out there? Is it fear? Concern? Huh? Worry about what other people think? Huh? You got to get over that. Let's pray.